Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And of course, I always hope that you'll give me a call as well and ask your questions. And every day we talk about financial freedom here on Invest Talk at the opening of the show, and that's all our, you know, everybody has the same goal. We all want to have, be financially free. Some people are already there and they don't worry about that. And they just, you know, like to increase their knowledge and hopefully they'll call too. But we always, that's our goal. That's the goal is teach you to give you the tools to become financially free. And by doing that, that we have that philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and we help that that will get, if we can just all gather and get that knowledge in our head and try to be better investors, you're never going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. No one is. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. If you're going to make decisions in your life, you'll make mistakes. The trick is to learn from them and try to prevent them from happening again. That's the trick. In this hour, I'm going to do my best to answer those questions, any financial questions you have, and we'll, we will, I will answer them. I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee the answers are always the best, but they're the best of my ability, and with all the, the data at my fingertips here, I'll give you some pretty good information going forward on anything you want to talk about. Our line is open. We call it the list line. It's open right now. It's always live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, and, but it's live right now, and of course it is the start of the four o'clock hour, 888-99-CHART. What we do here is answer questions. So let's go ahead and grab one on our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, my name is Jeremiah James. Uh, I'm from Salem, Oregon. Uh, appreciate the show and everything. Just want to ask, what are specific like indicators you look for as far as chart reading? I've just gotten into chart reading and currently I just use the RSI, Stochastic, and MACD, but I was just curious as to what your professional opinion is on chart reading and if you have any specific indicators that you're willing to share over the show. I appreciate the show. Thank you. Have a good day. Sure. Um, I've said many times that chart reading is not a science. Chart reading, everybody, is nothing more than looking at the movement of the price of the stock over time. And we always look at a one-year chart, a daily movement over one-year period. That's where we start. And chart reading, I've always said, is, is an art, not a science. It tends to be true when you're looking at a chart and that it tends to repeat itself. It tends to, the stocks tends to slow down or stop at resistance or support levels. And there's all those rules and how to read a chart. But it just tends to, it's more accurate than less. But boy, there's so many times it doesn't. It's meaningless that you know you have to really be pretty dedicated chart reader to learn all the nuances. And even then, it's not always accurate. But I always look at a chart before I buy or sell a stock. Always. And what do I? What do we look at? I, I like a candlestick chart. 
as opposed to a bar chart. I like looking at the three major moving averages, or four actually, 20-day, 50-day, 100-day, and 200-day moving averages. And I like to see the RSI, Relative Strength Indicator, the MACD, M-A-C-D, and I like to see volume. And uh, those are the three, those are the basic things I start with. I'm looking at a chart. That's my, when I pull up a chart, it has all those things on it instantly. Then if I want to look at it more deeply, I might go to a weekly chart and a daily chart to start with, but I might go to a weekly chart to see if there's any patterns I see. And I, I do like certain other indicators. I like parabolics. I like on balance volume. There's different indicators that I go through that I like. Okay. Chart reading. I had a whole class on Invest Talk Academy on chart reading learning the basics and giving examples. So, you know, if you ever sign up for Investor Academy, you can go back and take that lesson. Let's go to Siraj. How are you doing, Siraj, in Fremont? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for calling. I have 401k question. Sure. Um, generally, I reach a maximum limit by August, September time period every year. So is there any other options available where we can invest our pre-tax money? Pre-tax money. You know, there's only the 401k. If you max out that, you're kind of stuck. If you do that, then you can't open up an IRA. You can't put up a Roth. You can't do anything. You're stuck. You put it, you max it out in your retirement 401k. You can put less in the 401k and open up an IRA, but as long as you don't make too much money salary-wise. But okay. no, Siraj, you're kind of stuck when you max out your 401k. Unless you're right. self-employed. Are you self-employed? Uh, no, I work for a company. Okay. See, if you're self-employed, you can set up a different kind of retirement plan. But if you work for a company, you're kind of stuck. Sorry, Siraj. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. John in San Diego. How are you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing fine. I've got a small dilemma that's turning into a huge one. Uh-oh. I'm 57 years old. My hopes for retirement are somewhat daunted by the fact that I started saving too late. Okay. So I'm not destitute, but at the same time, I don't think I'm going to be able to generate the kind of income that I need for retirement. Mm -hmm. So my play, if you will, is do I take what little I have, not be so conservative to try to generate the kind of income that would help me, or I just not retire? And you're 57? I'm 57. How's your health? I guess I'll say fair. Well, John, I'm going to have to tell you, you're going to have to to keep working. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. 57, probably one, I'm not going to touch that IRA till about 65. That would be my suggestion. Mm -hmm. I would be fairly aggressive with it because you kind of need to. You are taking risks doing that, but you gotta kind of have to because you're going to have to keep working anyways. You know, I'm a teacher. I've got some stirs money, oh. but I'm not but I'm not going to uh, to live long enough, if you will, in order to, you know, accumulate the amount of years uh, uh, that it takes to really get a good income out of it. Yeah, because they uh, do have great retirement benefits. Yeah, they do, but, you know, it starts getting great at about 28 years. Exactly. And we're far from there. I kind of think you need to be aggressive. You really need to sit down with somebody, financial planner or some, or myself, I don't care, and just take a look at your whole picture. That sounds morbid, but do you have any prospects of inheriting any money? Well, probably not. 
Okay. <laughs> my only thought is is that maybe, you know, my house, you know, at, uh, towards would... the end there, we, you know, do some kind of, uh, you know. Reverse mortgage? Exactly. Uh-huh. That's a thought. See, that's what the kind of questions you need to sit down with somebody, and we do that, too. We're registered investment advisor. We're not financial planners, but we do do that. We ask those kinds of questions and give you different alternatives and tell you what you can do. And that's what a good financial planner would do, but I don't want you to pay the money to have that done. <laughs> well, you know, that's part of the problem is just, quite honestly, not knowing what resources are available. Since I don't have a lot of money to begin with, you know, I need to probably start to someone who, you know, who is either very gracious and has more time on their hands to just give me a handout or to, you know, that wouldn't charge so much. John, they- if you call me at the office, I'll be happy to talk about some of these details with you. Okay. And I'll get more information from you so I can get a better picture of your overall situation. And then right. we'll come up with some alternatives that I know about. I'm not an expert. I don't pretend to be, but I, I do know a lot about it because I talk about it all the time and I sure. to all kinds of people. Well, so, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I had a question on my 401k. We're here for you. What's your question? 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve right now on Invest Talk. Let's go to Vince in Fairfield. How are you doing, Vince? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for your program. Any stock that pays dividends. Yes. I was looking at that, and I I think I'm investing, and I want to invest in dividend stocks. I only have money in tax-deferred accounts. An IRA kind of account. Yeah. Is it inappropriate to hold those inside an IRA? Or if you do hold them, can you ask your broker like Schwab or Scott to, when the dividend comes, put it in another account? No, because it's an IRA. And any money you make in that IRA that you take out is a distribution from your IRA to you into another account. So they probably cannot do that without tax and penalty consequences. But it is inappropriate, basically, I think, to hold that type of stock inside a a tax-deferred... Why would it be inappropriate? I'm not sure. Because when I pull it out, I'm paying a higher tax, right? When you do pull it out, you'll be retired and you're going to be paying tax on that money. But it pays a dividend to you. That dividend just goes into your IRA. What would make that dividend any different than any other dividend? Well, if it was in a taxable account, I would be paying a 15% Ah. tax. But when I pull it out, I still might be paying 35%. That's right. Out of an IRA. You're exactly right. And a regular account, the dividend would be at a 15% capital gains tax rate. The idea, Vince, is when you're in retirement, your tax rate also will be low. Well, it might. But yeah, it might and it might not. Right, so right. If it's higher than the 15, it's not a good situation to hold those within a tax-deferred vehicle, right? That, that would be a reason not to hold them. Yes, I, I don't know if I would not do it, but that is a reason Correct. to make it less attractive. Let's say it that way. And I'm thinking correct. I think you need to be in the stock market to make money. Mm-hmm. But at my age, I'm trying to do it in a safe way. And I'm thinking that usually stocks that pay dividends are pretty good companies. They're going to be around. They don't fluctuate a lot. And that's a safe way to invest just as much as it would be being in bonds. I don't think bonds are safe in some situations, unless you hold them to maturity and they're really high-grade bonds. Right, but when you buy funds and things, that's... That's not. Yeah, that's more scary because the funds have maturity dates different all the time. So the NAV, net asset value of the bond fund, goes up and down. It could be very erratic. That's correct. So uh, if you hold bonds themselves and hold the maturity, they will eventually go back to their value and you get your yield. So if you have a proper spread of bonds, it would be a safer thing to do. When you say the word safe and you talk about stocks, I have trouble putting those two together. Safer, large cap 
stocks paying dividends, which you kind of alluded to, you could say those, yeah, those are safer than less risky might be a good word. Less risk. Less risk. Less risk. Yes. Thanks for the call, Vince. Appreciate it. Thanks, Vince. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy, as I just mentioned. You know, it's an online training class we do every week. And then we, you can listen to those as they build over time. We've been doing it for, I don't know, 12, 14, I don't know how many weeks, but a lot. And it covers a variety of topics financially. I talked about bonds just yesterday. In depth, by the way, pretty, pretty deep into those topics. We're headed into the break. And I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 C H A R T, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Okay, main talking point today don't overreact to a pullback in an extended market. Okay, don't overreact with the pullback in the extended market. Some of the other things we're going to talk about today. Chinese spending on luxury goods. You see that article? It was an article. And so I don't remember where I read it, but it was an article. And it had some interesting statistics. They're not stopping spending on luxury goods. So we're going to talk about that. And of course, of course, you got to talk about the EU and the Germany and the economic numbers coming out of there that, we, that caused probably the market fall today. That was what really the catalyst, even though the market might have been ready to do it anyways, it just used that as a convenient excuse. And the existing home sales, I, I didn't get enough detail in there, but we'll talk about that a little bit more if we get a chance to do so. Those are what's going to, that's going to be the topics. But of course, you drive the show with what you want to hear. So make your calls now. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining us. Justin and I, we are independent financial advisors, registered investment advisors. And, of course, we have a duty and a commitment always to place interests of our clients ahead of our own and ahead of the firm. We do that simply. It's very easy for us because we practice something we call parallel investing where I buy the same thing for myself and all my programs. So we have five or six different types of programs. I buy, and I'm in all of them. And I buy the same things for me as I do for my clients. And at the same price, same percentage. So I end up having the same performances. And I invest all my money, not just some. So that's what we call parallel investing. Give me a call. I want to talk to you. You can go to investtalk.com if you want to know more. But give me a call. We're now, the lines are open. And the number is 888-99-CHART. Listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888 99CHART is our number, 888 Let's go to Bill in Pleasanton. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Regarding the rollovers, 
Yes. To a, a IRAs. Yes. What do you do? Figure on what your tax bracket is and what it's going to be later, or you assume, Bill, that your tax bracket later is going to be less because you're not working. Okay, that's what most people assume. But you maybe already be retired and you're, not, you're already in a low tax bracket. I don't know. Well, I'm retired, but I still make eighty grand a year. So, oh, so you're in a pretty high tax bracket. You married? Yes. Uh, any dependents? Nope. Okay, so I'm not quite sure what your tax bracket is, but it's not it's not low probably. No. Every dime you take out of the regular IRA to roll into the Roth, every dime is added to that 80 grand, and you pay taxes on it. So if you took 50 grand, that would be 80 from your ordinary plus 50, so you're now at 130,000 that you're paying taxes on, even though all of it went into the Roth. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a thought that I didn't realize you, you never had to pull out the Roth. And- you never have to pull. That's the beauty about the Roth. You never had to pull it out. You know, Probably have more money than I'm going to spend in my life anyway, so I will yeah. leave those to the kids. That's right, and it's easier. The other benefit that I didn't get to was that you know you can have them inherit it, and I understand it's not necessarily part of your estate. Oh, so they get to inherit it directly. Now you got to check that with you know somebody who knows better yep. than I do. A regular IRA is part of your estate taxes, you know, but. I'm not sure about that either, because a regular IRA, you can, what it is, a regular IRA, you know, when you pass away, the beneficiary, you name the beneficiaries who gets it, and they have they have to pay taxes, but they get to stretch it out. Whereas a Roth, they were indicating on this article that you don't have to pay estate tax on all, at all. Someone else inherits a Roth, they don't have to pay estate tax on that money. Check that out. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to all the subscribers and the clients. Clients get it for free. And in the market conditions section, I explained the big news of the week was, of course, the Federal Reserve and their surprise policy announcement, right? It was kind of a surprise. What was surprised? Not that they left interest rates alone. That was expected, and they did. What was surprised is what they said. They said that they're going to be more patient. But even that wasn't that much of a surprise. What was really a surprise is they said they weren't going to reduce their balance sheet any further. Remember, their balance sheet hold, held $4 trillion worth of mortgages and treasuries and different 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 uh, assets. And they were running those off. When they matured, they just wouldn't reinvest the money. They just run it off, run it off, because it's way bigger than they normally have. Way bigger. Then they said that they're not going to let them run it off. And that's almost like being, a, you know, adding liquidity because you're not reducing it anymore. So, you kind of, doesn't that mean you just added back what you were reducing? So, that was the big surprise. And, of course, that led me in the newsletter to ask the question, why? Why did they do that? It's 180%, 180 turn, 180%, 180% turnaround from December when they were raising rates. Why? It's only three months later, and they're way different now. Hmm. So I thought that was an interesting thing. And, of course, uh, you know, after, you know, there's other sections. The portfolio management section talked about ETFs and the preference of ETFs over mutual funds because they're cheaper. It's not very hard to figure that out. They're a lot cheaper to own. The average mutual fund is like 1.25%. That's what they charge per year. And the average ETF, ETF is 0.43% per year, the average. Why wouldn't you, if you're going to buy an index fund, why wouldn't you do it with an ETF? It's cheaper. Nah, it's up over, over a period of time, a lot of money. Stock ideas, a couple of larger companies. Um, 
uh, you know, we talked about one of the largest retailers in the world, $500 billion in annual revenue, approximately 11,700 stores. You can figure what that one is. And then um, Consumer Watch. You know, you know, I'm sure you've gotten all those robocalls like I do. You get them all the time, right? Robocalls. And this is season. I mentioned this is the season, tax time season, when we get even more. And a lot of them fraud from the IRS. Well, try to remember the IRS never calls. So if they ever do call you, you know it's fake right there. But I also gave you some options of how to try to stop them. All robocalls. You're not going to stop them all, but there's, there's even companies out there that help you with that. So you can subscribe to the newsletter on investtalk.com. If this information raises any questions in your mind, I encourage you to give me a call on, or Justin or send us an email. We'll answer any questions. You can call our Irvine, California office or send me a message through investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. So what do you want to talk about? How about the Chinese spending on luxurious goods? 33% of all worldwide sales of luxury goods comes from China. And the total market for the luxury good is $294 billion. 33% of that, about $100 billion of it, is China. We're number two, U.S. is 22%. EU is 18%. Japan is in 10 And the age group? 23 to 38 in China. They're the ones that are buying the luxury goods. Isn't that interesting? I thought so. On the next Invest Talk, in an interconnected global economy, European markets are tumbling as growth fears increase. And talk about that a little bit today. The underlying economic data has added to market jitters. We saw that today. That story is going to talk about a lot more on Monday, and I'll be here to do that. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me, for us? You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action. With the active 401k program, KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial 
or visit kppfinancial.com. Listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888 99CHART is our number, everybody. You can reach us. We have lines open, 888 992 4278. Okay, the subject of our main talking point today don't overreact to a pullback in this extended market. Now, are we in an extended market? I would say so because we were in an extended market when it peaked last year and late last year, right? And then it started to fall. I think the peak was in September. Then it started to fall. Market got overextended. So it fell. Now it fell, right? About 10% or so, which is a decent correction. But it made a V bottom right back up. It's not quite where it was before, but it's close. And so now, and it did it in a V bottom, a very quick. And now I think it's getting to the overextended part again. Now, if it would just slowly move up, it would be a whole different story, but it's not. And if it was moving up based on improving fundamentals, when that's not true either, the fundamentals are not improving, they kind of deteriorated. We're still growing strong, economy's still fine, and, the, uh, and all those things are still in place, but there's, there's cracks out there in the economic picture. And the cracks are getting more, more cracks. Maybe we've turned around though already. That's very possible. I mean, I'm starting to see some some of the cracks and some of the stats. You know, one of the problems we're having is stats are been, been delayed, and we don't have the information I really would like to see. But you know, an anecdotal kind of information. It looks like we're okay fundamentally still, but the stock market will probably. Go down and retest those lows. I don't know if it go all the way down to those lows. May not. But it would be normal. It would be normal because of the V bottom we made. It would be normal for some kind of retest. You know, maybe it's only five. Only maybe 50% back down to that bottom. Maybe only halfway. Maybe the Fibonacci numbers will play a part. Remember those Fibonacci numbers on the charts? Remember that? Okay. Um, so, and that would be 40 to 60%. Fibonacci retracement, but we'll see. Lorem, Oakland. How you doing, Lorem? Pretty good. Thank you for taking my call. My situation, basically, I had a 401k with a previous employer, and then when I left that employer, I, I switched jobs. I went to another employer, basically hung out with them for a year, and then I'm at a new employer. Mm-hmm. So my previous 401k is I've not been able to contribute much into it. My current employer right now doesn't really have a very good 401k. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have any pre-tax matching. Mm-hmm. And I was looking into opening another IRA. Mm-hmm. And basically, I came across some of these funds, which are called time-managed funds. I was looking at T. Rowe Price, Vanguard, and Fidelity. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your take on it because I'm 40 right now. So okay. I'm looking at like a 25-year you know, the 25-year that they have. I'm familiar with those, and I particularly don't care for them. It's not like they're bad. I don't want to say that. I just don't care for them because of the automatic way in which they move from stocks when you're real young and slowly go to bonds when you approach retirement. Uh They can move toward bonds at the very wrong time in the market. They don't pay attention to what's happening in the real world. That's not what they're paying attention to. They're basing it on your age. So interest rates could be really high or really low, and they're still going to move to bonds. 
And bonds notoriously are bad performers. Yes, they will get more conservative as you get older. And that's really what they've been designed to do, to get more conservative. And how they do that is they generally buy bonds. I see. And it's for everybody else, what they do is, is they'll say, okay, we have uh, this, uh, I forgot what they call them, but they'll say, they'll have a date on it, like 2025. Exactly. And that's the date you're, quote, unquote, are going to retire. And as the time gets closer to that date, they change the mix inside to get more conservative generally, and that means buy more bonds. Well, what if in 20 years from now, five years before you're retiring, interest rates are 4%? Who wants to be in bonds? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, Steve, here's a question I have for you. What would you recommend for me where, I mean, I'm 40 right now, and I'm trying to get my wife... My wife and I are going to open individual IRA accounts, okay. and I'm the type where I just want to go super aggressive and just go put okay. the pedal to the metal. What I want you to do, Lauren, is I want you to go to investtalk.com, email me, remind me of this conversation, tell me you're going to do IRAs, right? Right. Tell me the amount of assets you're going to have in the IRA, okay. and I will give you a list of mutual funds that you can invest in. They'll be much, I think, will be over 25 years, far outperform those time management type of Oh, that's accounts. great, because I don't qualify for the Roth, so that's what I'm just trying to seek out right okay. now. Yeah, just hey, email me. Lot, I'll be happy to. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let's go to Chris in San Diego. How are you doing, Chris? There's a lot of information around, and, and everybody has different opinions on, on when to get into stock and, and when to get out of a stock, depending on it's moving up and moving down. But what do you do if it doesn't do anything for over a long period of time? If a stock just sits there like a lump, in other words, dead money, the reasons that you bought the stock are still valid and in place, then you just stick with it. In other words, the reason you bought the stock, what was it? Well, it was growing its earnings, it was growing its business, it's got a great new widget that's coming out and it's selling like hotcakes. Whatever the reason was, and if it's a valid reason making money, and it has not changed, nothing's changed about that decision, then you stay with it. The problem, Chris, is stocks. I don't know if you've ever heard the statistics. But it's amazing that stocks, you know, like 70, 80% of the movement of stocks is like 3% of the time that you're in the stock. Like over a year period, most mm -hmm. of the move comes in bunches. And if you're not in it that few days or a few weeks that it moves, you've just wasted all your time and effort. I see. If the nothing has changed, in other words, no new competitor came out with a better widget to knock this one out, that's called creative destruction, by the way. No new something has destroyed what you bought the stock for. Uh -huh. uh, then you stick with it. I, I know it's hard sometimes. There is a time when you give up, but that's not for years, not days or weeks or months. So it's on the order of years. Yes. I if the reason that you bought it still is valid. Now, sometimes it, the reason you bought it changes. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for the question. Thank you. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk, everybody. New listeners may not realize it, but I've been producing the show five days a week for 20 years, <laughs> 20 years. And though, and through, through all that time, we have made sure to offer timely financial and investing news, and we temper that with unbiased investing advice. And the program is always improved by its diversity through your questions, okay? That's where I think it becomes much more interesting with your questions, so please, Keep those questions coming and be sure to tell your friends and family to listen to Invest Talk and ask their questions. We, we broadcast live in the Bay Area 
San Francisco Bay Area, uh, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, and we stream live on investtalk.com. So you can listen to it many different ways. Of course, you could podcast it too. And now I'm taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com or reach out to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein by emailing or calling their Irvine, California office. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. We're going to go to uh, Jim in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Jim? When one invests in, in a Roth IRA and you make trades, you create capital gains and losses, what happens with the short-term versus long-term capital gains. Since they're not taxed, is that not a consideration at all? Not a consideration at all. Okay. In a Roth and a regular IRA, you don't care about short-term, long-term capital gains. You don't care about any of that. You trade whatever you want to do because there's no tax on it. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Sid in Fremont. How you doing, Sid? I worked for um, a big bank about a decade ago and had a 401k uh, going with them. So this is about 10 years back. And in the last month, after receiving quarterly statements, et cetera, from them, they pretty much blew out my account and sent me a check for it all. <gasps> I don't like that. You know why I don't like that, Sid? Well, I don't like it either, but what's your reason? <laughs> because it's a distribution of a retirement account. To you. How old are you? 41. See, you're going to get taxed and penalty if you don't immediately put that into an IRA. It's a 401k. Everybody listen up. A 401k is a retirement account. Money is put in there that is pre-taxed. When you leave an employer, my thing is I always tell people don't leave it there because you'll forget about it (laughs) if it's not very big or you'll just let it sit there. And they do stuff like this. Here, they sent you a check, and they probably gave you an explanation. They probably sent you uh, form letters you probably threw away because it looked like junk mail. They probably did that, and they may not. Maybe they sent it to an old address. But be careful, Sid, because now you have this money in your hand. I would check with my accountant to say, how do I treat this so I don't get a tax problem on this thing? I'm not an expert accountant. That's why I said it. But I can tell you this. If you tax that money, you're going to get taxed and penalty on it. Because what they did when they send you a check, they notified the government, the IRS. What if I call the IRS and just say, here, this is what's happened, what should I do? I would never, ever rely on IRS's information. You know why? Because I did that once and it was totally wrong. Uh (laughs) Go to a a tax guy or an accountant, someone who knows. Because the IRS will never accept responsibility if they give you wrong information. I'm thinking of like in a typical retirement account like a Roth IRA, which I have going. Uh My thing is that it's my money. 
and who has the right, Fidelity or whomever, to just blow out an account and send me a check? Who has the right when it's mine anyway? Well, they can do that because it is your money, and they say, here, take your money and do something else with it. We don't want it anymore. That's basically what they told you, since in, in effect, by sending you the check. They can do that, but you have to take proper steps to protect yourself at this point. You're going to have to open up or put up an IRA, and not a Roth IRA, by the way, Sid. Can't put it in a Roth IRA. It had to be a regular IRA. Because a Roth IRA is set up with pre-tax money. A 401k is after-tax money. You have to keep them separate. Oh, but can I do a self-directed? Yes, you can direct it. Yes, that IRA, yes. But it can't be a Roth. It cannot be a Roth. Because be a regular I prefer IRA. the Roth in general. Yeah. Sid, I appreciate the call, and good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Jim in Carlsbad. How are you doing, Jim? Uh, the question I had was about the mutual fund uh, versus the exchange-traded fund. Mm-hmm. What exactly is the difference between those? Okay, great question. And the mutual fund has a manager, okay? He is. He may be a large-cap mutual fund. He may be a small-cap. He may have a discipline that he is employing, and he states that in the prospectus. And he says, I'm going to buy large-cap stocks. So he goes out and buys those large-cap, and he manages. He buys and sells, and he tries to manage that portfolio to make money. A ETF, exchange-traded fund, is an unmanaged fund. It could be follow indexes, like the QQQs or the SPYs, or it can follow a sector, like uh, the insurance sector or the banking sector or oil sector. It could be an ETF that just has those group of stocks in them, but they're not managed at this point. Most of the time, they're not managed. They're not managing the ETF. You're just buying that group of stocks, and there you go. So one is much more managed than the other. On the other hand, ETFs are much cheaper because they're not managed. It's the cheaper fees, much cheaper fees than a mutual fund. So ETFs that's the, are more focused on industry groups then and rather than uh, capital value? Or? And areas of the world, even country-specific sometimes, oh. or just areas of the market, yes. Great. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate the call. And Dennis is calling from Texas. How are you doing, Dennis? I'm doing great. I just have a real quick question I'd like to ask. Can you explain the uh, monthly investment plan, and do you think that's great for uh, income, and do your firm do fee consultant service? Uh And my last question, I have three. Do you recommend ETFs over uh, over like a... uh, Mutual funds? Balance, over a balance uh, portfolio. Okay. Well, you can use, first to answer your last question, you can use ETF to produce a balanced portfolio. So it's not either or. ETFs can okay. be used to balance a portfolio. And we, actually, I, I do. we do do that. Uh, and we, no, okay. we don't do a consultant for fee, for a fee, consultant. We don't consult for fee. We do consultant for free. Never, we don't, okay. I'm not a, I don't, I, you know, what, if you want to talk about something and you just want to get some information, you can call me up. And, you know, if you're in, if you're, where are you from? Are you from Texas? Yes. Okay, well, actually, I'm in California, so we'll have to do a telephone con- consultation, which I do all the time. So don't worry about okay. that. And what was that first question of yours? I'm... The the uh, the monthly income plan. I think it has something to do with Nasdaq. If I'm not, for, I'm not for sure. Well, it sounds like you're talking about a dollar cost averaging uh, investment plan in which you put a certain amount into index funds or other funds at every paycheck or once a month. And that is a good way 
to to get invested over a period of time. And okay. I kind of like it. Yes, I do. Okay, so if I wanted to talk to you more off the air. Yes. You just call, this kinda... Let me give you a direct number, okay? Okay, it's, great. It's an, and it's an 800 number, so it's free. Okay. 800-557-5461. That number rings right at my office. You can also call the same radio number and leave your message, and I'll get back to you. But call me directly, 800-557-5461. And the best time to reach me is in the morning because that's, you know, I'm an early morning guy because that's when the market is on the West Coast. That's when the market opens. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk. We are quickly heading into the finish line of for today, Friday, and the end of the week. Okay, and and remind and kind of remember, you can listen to our podcast programs anytime you want on InvestTalk.com. We will continue after the break. Get your questions in now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Okay, let's go to Trent in Long Beach. Uh, is it Trent? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go to Trent. Trent, Long Beach. I want to talk about gold. How you doing, Trent? Hey, I'm going well, Steve. Hey, I'm just wondering, just basically, if it's a good time to go long on gold, because I is it undervalued right now? What do you think? I think it is. Uh, I've been long is. on the gold. Uh, uh, I've been long on the gold miners index since late last year. So I think it's good time to. It's a good defensive strategy. I think that the market's now overvalued. You know, even if it's not overvalued, it's probably overbought, and gold works. When uh, when that happens, it also works if uh, the dollar starts to fall and they lowered interest rates. So you would think that it might fall, but then again, Germany came out with some bad economic news. So you know, remember our dollar trades against the euro, trades against other currencies. So if the other currencies get weaker compared to our dollar because of their economy. Even though we're lowering interest rates, the dollar will stay strong. But it looks like it's starting to weaken here the last two or three weeks, the dollar. So I think gold has a pretty good, I think gold would be a very good thing to have this year. Even if it doesn't work that good, at least it's a great defensive play, a very great diversifier. So that, you know, if the market does take a hit, you gold probably won't. Okay, appreciate the call. Thanks, Ryan. Gold. Let's go to uh, Mark in San Bernardino. Hi, Mark, how you doing? Pretty good, how are you doing, Steve? Pretty good. I appreciate you calling. A little while back, you wrote in your weekly newsletter mm-hmm. about selling short. Yes. And that you said that if you didn't know what a stock being hard to borrow meant, then you shouldn't be selling short. Right. So I'm asking you, what does it mean when it's hard to borrow, and how would you find that out on a particular stock? Okay, good, good question. Let's talk about what is shorting for people out there. Of course, shorting is where you borrow somebody else's stock and you sell it at today's high price, at least you're hoping today's high price. And then, since you borrowed it, you have to give it back someday. And the idea is that the stock will go price will go down and you give it back. 
for you to borrow somebody else's stock to sell it, that means that there has to be enough stock out there in the float that's on a margin account with other people's stocks, and their stocks are a margin account, meaning they'll allow it to be borrowed. It means that there's got to be enough out there for you to borrow. Sometimes there's not enough, okay? They're not allowing it to be borrowed, and it could be any stock out there. Most of the time, the big stocks are easy to borrow, but it could be any stock out there. And many times, if it depends on your trading platform that you're using, are you using like E-Trade or? I'm using E-Trade. I'm not sure about E-Trade, but many of these trading platforms will put a little HB behind the little symbol when you try to sell something short. And HB means hard to borrow. Okay. That means it's not a very liquid stock. And when you want to get out, in other words, you want to buy it back, uh-huh. it could be a problem because there's not much in the float out there. Right. So, so you could drive your price up and there's too many people shorting that same stock. Remember, shorting a stock is supportive of the price because everybody's got to buy it back again someday. Right. So, so try to stay away from the hard-to-borrow stocks. Then you won't have any trouble getting out when the time is to get out. Okay. And that'll just be indicated Many when times you actually try to enter the order? or when. Or it's usually when you first put the order in. You know what you do is you've got to call E-Trade and say, how do I know and where does it show up and how can I find that out? Right. But most right. platforms tell you. Okay. Great. Thanks, Thanks very Mark. much. Okay, talking about Europe, talking about Europe, their German 10-year treasury bond went below zero again for the first time in, what, two and a half, three years. The rate, the yield on a 10-year Germany bond went below zero. Their PMI, Policy Management Index, I'm sorry, Purchasing Management Index, uh, fell. Uh, the EU's PMI fell to 51.3 in March from 51.9. So anything above 50 is still growth. But Germany's PMI went from 52 down, 52.8 down to 51.9. And that's a 69-month low. And their manufacturing PMI dropped to 47. I mean, dropped to 44 from 47 the lowest in six and a half years. Those are not good numbers. Those those numbers are starting to border on recession, right? So that's the problem we have in Germany, and it's pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous. And I think that's why that news today was driven by Europe's problems. Even though they're not our problems, it could be our problems, could be... Some of their problems could become our problems. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. And I thank you for your loyal support. Questions, everybody. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. 
And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 